Hello and welcome to Revitalise. Perspire, inspire, expire. Revitalise is daily encouragement for modern Christian women, sponsored by Teaching Mums Limited, an executive coaching company for mums by mums. Visit teachingmums.com today. Each mum, reach mum, teach mum. This is your personal invitation on how to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour. Now this personal invitation has been taken from the Joyce Meyer Everyday Life Bible. All verses used will be amplified, the amplified version, unless otherwise stated. Please repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me and forgiving me of my sins so I can have a personal relationship with you. I am sincerely sorry for the mistakes I've made, and I know I need you to help me live right. Your word says in Romans 10, 9, if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognising his power, authority and majesty as God, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I believe you are the Son of God and I confess you as my Saviour and Lord. Take me just as I am and work in my heart, making me the person you want me to be. I want to live for you, Jesus, and I'm so grateful to you for giving me a fresh start in my new life with you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer along with me for the first time, then I'd love to say to you, welcome to the family, sweetheart. Um, This is, apart from getting married and having children and um, following your dream, um, deciding to step out on your own, this is the best decision and the most important decision you will ever make. Um, And I want to welcome you and celebrate you for this personal commitment that you have made in hidden places. And may the Lord bless you and multiply you and increase you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Um, Practical things. Join your local online church. (laughs) I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, join your local online church. Read your Bible every day. Download apps with scripture and protect your salvation with your life. Tell other people how wonderful the Lord is. And of course, if you have prayer requests, you can get in touch with me, lulu at teachingmums.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I'd love to pray for you. It's so accessible and even easier now than it was six months ago. Good for you. And continue to believe that you are perfectly loved just the way that you are now. morning and welcome to Revitalise. Perspire, inspire, expire. This episode is part three 
of our mini-series on self-control. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace and unending love. Your mercy endures forever. Lead me now as I share your word. Give me courage to encourage, strengthen and empower. Father, it's by your grace that we are able to do anything. Help me to steward my time, my words and my resources well. And as we share your word today, let it be said of me that I did all that you asked me to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I think um, in our last episode, we got to Ecclesiastes 7, verse 9. So I am going to share the next scripture with you, which is Lamentations 3, 26 and 27. And then in the next episode, we will look at Luke 21, verse 19, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, then 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 5, Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23, and 2 Peter 1, verse 5 and 7. So today we'll just be looking at Lamentations. It's Monday morning and my day has already begun <laughs> being challenged on self-control and how I um, resolve things at home without losing my temper. Yes. Okay, so it'll just be one verse today because I think what's important is that we um, digest what we're learning. It's not necessarily just about consuming lots of information. It's also taking the time to really you know, labour over the word and to pray and to get some understanding in what the Lord is saying. So Lamentations 3, verses 26 and 27. So Lamentations, for those of you that don't know, is in the Old Testament and directly after the book of Jeremiah. Here we go. It is good that one waits quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he should bear the yoke of godly discipline in his youth. <laughs> I'll keep reading. Let him sit alone in hope and keep quiet because God has laid it on him for his benefit. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is a tough one. Um so what we've been looking at in self-control is how to control what we say, not wanting to be like a city without walls, not wanting to be hot-tempered and speak out of turn. It's really difficult because if you feel that you've been wronged in any kind of way or that you've been hurt or you've been offended or disrespected, our immediate response is to defend ourselves and speak out. It's completely understandable. But what the word is saying is that it's actually good that one, that's you or I, to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. In fact, it says it's good for a man or a woman, that's us, that he or we should bear the yoke of godly discipline in our youth. Now, I'm speaking from, reading from the Amplified Version of the Bible. It's the Everyday Life Bible with the commentary and notes but from Mrs. Joyce Meyer. Now, um, we talk a lot about yokes in Christianity. Not, um, we've been discouraged from being unequally yoked. 
that means um, you know believers marry non-believers and there are many circumstances where you know the Lord does indeed reveal his salvation to to both couples at different times to both members of couples at different times and you may be saved and you continue to pray for your spouse and he then may become saved but what I've always been taught is just saying if you are born again do not seek out you know a lifelong commitment in the form of marriage with somebody who is an unbeliever because you'll be unequally yoked you will have your faith life which is very 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 personal and the next biggest commitment you will make even before getting married or deciding to become a parent um and if the other person is not a believer the the <laughs> the day-to-day workings of salvation are not impossible but they can become burdensome they can become burdensome another example of where we're talking about yoking is when um, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that um, description of weary and heavy laden is being bound, um, heavy, heavily yoked, being weighed down. But in this um, example, you know, Lamentations, it's actually saying that the yoke of godly discipline, which is also another way of saying carrying our cross, Okay, we've been encouraged to carry a cross. It's saying it's actually a good thing. Whilst you're young, develop godly discipline. Now, I probably say this in every single episode that I've been a Christian for 19 years. Now, if you think about a 19-year-old in the in the natural sense, most of them will probably be in their first year of university. They might be in their first year of an internship. They may be traveling abroad. They are legally in most parts of the world, um, excluding some parts of America where you are not allowed to do certain things until you're 21, on the whole, a 19-year-old is considered an adult. So in the same way, I consider myself to be an adult Christian, not because of my, you know, my chronological age, but the amount of years I've been born again. And so when I sat down and prayed about what that meant, um, God gave me this example of a 19-year-old who... Um, you know, some 19-year-olds are already married. They are, in some situations, maybe financially independent, have a really good idea of what they want to do, not all the time, or at least be quite secure in their, you know, the, the, the makings of their identity. And so being a Christian for 19 years doesn't make me better than anybody else, but it ought to make me better than who I was 19 years ago. And so what I've tried to do since I was... 16 is to um, build godly discipline whilst I was still malleable and much, much younger. So there are habits I developed at the age of 16 that I still have now. And one of those habits was reading my Bible every day. I went to a relatively small school and we had the, um, they're called Gideon. I don't know if they still operate now. But at the time, they would they were going around to schools and putting assemblies on, and they gave everybody in my year group a Gideon, um, you know, Bible is read and it has the New Testament and Psalms, and when they gave it to me, I think I was probably fifteen, I think I was fourteen or fifteen, and I just laughed and I just said, I don't know why they're giving me this because I'm never going to read it, but I actually held on to it and just put it in my room out of respect. 
And then at 16, when I became a Christian and I gave my life to the Lord, that was the Bible that I read. I read one psalm each day and a little bit of the New Testament. It was maybe two or three lines, two or three verses. I didn't really know the impact, but I did that so that I could become familiar with the word because I knew I loved God and I knew that he changed my life. And the only way that I was able to reconcile what I believed with action was by reading my Bible and trying to find out what it is God really liked. Um, And one of the problems that I had um, and really, really something that I work on all the time now is I was incredibly sarcastic and used to swear all the time. That was most of my conversation, of course, unless my mum was around. Um, And I remember opening my Gideon Bible and the, I don't remember the reference off the top of my head, but what it said was that, you know, how can you um, praise God with the same mouth that you curse people with and the salty water come from um, the same place as dirty water. And it cut through to my heart. And I suddenly thought, um, why, why, do I, why do I swear so much? Why am I so sarcastic? And I know it's because I was deeply, deeply defensive and really tried to overcompensate for not, not feeling good about myself and really using that as a weapon to just to offend people all the time. But I learned that from the Bible. I learned that, you know, it's really important to God that I use my words wisely. Now, I learned this lesson when I was 16, and I've had to work on that every single day for 19 years because communication and language and speaking is one of my strengths, and it's in the top three of my skill set. And let me tell you something. If you are gifted in any area, that will be the area that you are attacked in the most, And so here, what we are being told is that, you know, the yoke of godly discipline should be learned whilst you're young. Because I began reading my Bible at 16, just a little bit each day, right up until this day, I still read my Bible each day. And again, this is not a way for me to boast. There's nothing to boast about. It's just more um, to show you how a habit can become ingrained. In the same way, if, you know, I gambled Um, every day from the age of 16. That would also be a lifelong habit I would have developed over the course of 19 years. And it's really important that no matter where you are in your walk with God, use the word to iron, iron out those creases in your personal development of salvation. Because it says here, let him sit alone in hope and in quiet because God has laid it on him for his benefit. Now this it Okay, this pronoun <laughs> um, is talking about the yoke. So that's a yoke that God would actually like us to have. God doesn't want us to have the yoke of, um, you know, being unequally yoked or the yoke of a heavy burden and being weary and worn out. But God does want us to have the yoke of godly discipline because it's for our benefit. Let me ask you, what do you think that you could develop each day as part of the benefit of godly discipline. So one example I gave was reading the word each day. It's powerful. Or listening to the word. If you find reading hard, or you're in a country where all the resources are not in the language that you are familiar with, listening to the word 
is a really good way to get to know the word. Listening to music about the word is also another way to immerse yourself in the word of God. Praying. Now, prayer can be an isolated incident based on an immediate need or an urgent situation. But I also liken prayer to um, talking to your spouse each day throughout the day, sending text messages. Oh, what have we planned for dinner? Were you able to do such and such? I'm really looking forward to seeing you throughout the day. So by the time your spouse arrives home, you've been in conversation all day. It doesn't feel so cold. Or if you have children that are adults and you communicate with them throughout the day, when they come home, you've already got an insight. You already you're, you already have an insight into the kind of day they've had. And whilst you know God doesn't need us really to ask him how his day is because you know he's perfect and it doesn't mean that he doesn't grieve or he doesn't feel pain but in his perfection he still desires fellowship with us and a part of developing our self-control which is a fruit of the holy spirit he also wants us to develop godly discipline as a part of our journey with him and i really believe that the way that the godly discipline relates to self-control is the more godly discipline you have the more of the fruit of self-control that you will see growing and developing over time and if you're able to develop that muscle you know the fruit of the spirit self-control you will be able to make time for the lord it doesn't happen overnight and sometimes we can feel like wow it's just so busy how on earth can I make more time? You may have four or five children. You may be married with four or five children. You may, you may have extended family living with you with your four or five children and your spouse. You may be a single parent with three children. So you may be doing the job of two parents and looking after three children. And you may be wondering, well, I just don't have the time. And I believe that God understands that and God knows where you are. But I'm encouraging you to make the time. Make the time. Um, I remember, you know, not working and studying full time and running a business and trying to manage at home and doing all of these things. And it felt impossible. And I was at my kitchen sink and I just broke down. And I said, Father, this is not the Christian life that I imagined. And what I felt the Lord said to me was, right now is also fine. I'll accept your worship at your kitchen sink. And that's how my, my relationship with the Lord became really secure. And I grew in confidence because I'd go into the kitchen maybe six or seven times a day to wash up, to cook, to... Um, I was at university at the time, so I was batch cooking and freezing food and organising um, snacks because a few friends of mine had rallied around to help with childcare. Um, so I was making food in batches and just freezing it so that if I was at university, sort of six or seven o'clock, I'd come back and my eldest would uh, have eaten and all those sorts of things. But because I spent so much time in the kitchen, that sink became an altar. It became the place where I said to God, on many occasions, this is too hard for me. How will I get through? Show me what to do. Help me. So my, you know, godly discipline and 
the burden that God laid on me many, many, many years ago was actually um, a wonderful thing. And it didn't indeed benefit me and allowed me to grow in self-control. Now, I say all the time, I have not yet arrived. I don't think I'm even half of the person that I could be, but I am prepared to do the work. I am prepared to continue to grow in self-control each day and just get better at the things of God. And it takes time and it takes commitment, but daily, daily, as it says here in verse 28, I sit alone in hope and I keep quiet. I do. Even as we share together now, this is a part of part of my devotional. And I say to God, Father, show me how to do this again today. And I can't ask for grace today for tomorrow. I just ask for grace for today. And that's something that has come out of sitting alone, sitting in silence and sitting in hope waiting for the salvation of the Lord to strengthen me and help me to do the things that he's pleased with. It may just be one thing on that day, and that's okay. The Lord has stripped away so many of my expectations that my success is in no way contingent upon what people think of me. My greatest, greatest success is saying yes to God at the age of 16, and walking that out each day for the rest of my life. And so self-control is knowing when to sit down and keep quiet, knowing when to stand up and speak out, knowing when to read the word and, and how to, to walk in the things of God and the ways of God. Self-control is also knowing when enough is enough and being able to go back to God to say, Father, show me again, because I don't have, I don't have what it takes to continue to pursue this or to continue to put up with this or continue to be this. And that's okay. It's okay. There's nothing that God would ask you to do that he wouldn't help you with. He's a fantastic father. And in fact, he knew what our shortcomings would be even before we were born. And so my um, temper, my previous you know, outbursts and things that I still struggle with now, things I learned to do, you know, 19 years ago and still do now or don't do, you know, in varying capacities, the Lord knows everything and he knows what my struggles are and he knows what your, you know, what your struggles are. And it's so important that we acknowledge him even before we think we've arrived. Don't wait for a finished picture or a perfect picture before you go to the Lord because he wants us to need him. And even though it's called self-control, we've actually died to self and we're becoming like Christ, aren't we? So developing your muscle of self-control is actually making you more like Christ because as you control yourself and as you die to self and as you put self, not self-care, 
um, self-control as you have that, you know, really, really under wraps. You're becoming more and more like the one who called you and it's absolutely what he wants from you. Let's pray. Father, you are so kind and after so many years, you still surprise me with your goodness and your wonder. Thank you, Father, that those who are in Christ, there's no condemnation for them, for us, for me, for the people listening. Thank you, Father, that I can make mistakes before you, but I'm also thankful that I can grow and be developed each day because I'm not there yet. But it's on that grace that I stand and extend to people listening that you would have your perfect way. Help us, Father, as encouraged in the Book of Lamentations, verse 26 and 27, that we would wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord, that we would bear the yoke of godly discipline in our youth, and that we would sit alone in hope and keep quiet and enjoy what you've laid on us to make us more like you. My father and my friend, you are so gentle and help me, help me to grow in gentleness and meekness and humility and self-control, all the things that make your heart sing. And as women and families and everybody listening, at the sound of my voice, where there has been lack of self-control, would you transform it into areas that are um, that self-control is being exercised, that self-control is being regulated, whether it's finance, appetite, temper, words, um, food, relationships, friendships, anger, emotions. Let self-control have its way. Let that fruit develop, Father, beautifully in us all today. May you, Father, mould us into into your perfect image and your perfect likeness that we would be the city with reinforced walls, reinforced, and we would know when to speak and when to stay silent. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, everyone, that's all from me today on Revitalize, Inspire, Perspire, Expire. It's been so wonderful 
to um, have you listening in. Thank you for your time. If you haven't already done so, visit teachingmums.com to find out all the things that Teaching Mums is doing right now and leave a review. Leaving a review means that more and more women and families like yours are able to hear this message, this encouragement. I'm available on all the platforms where podcasts are shown and aired. Um, and it's wonderful to um, to have you with me on this journey. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye.